Hi, this is Steve Nerlick, and this is Steve's PhD, Episode 1. Well, folks, they do say the only constant is change. After three years of creating weekly podcasts on astronomy and space science, I now need to look for new ways to keep delivering content for the next three years while I do a PhD. Not that everyone gets them done in three years, certainly not when they do them part-time, nor while they are creating weekly podcasts. So you can see the problem. It may be that the weekly thing has to go out the window, and cheap astronomy just comes out in occasional bursts, but we'll see. And, you know, if anyone wants to get involved... Perhaps like my esteemed colleagues Julia and Durrani at the moment, and other good folks in the past, well that's just great. Anyway, this change is afoot, and I hope you will like how it all works out. So, speaking of change, how about a new podcast on Steve's PhD, which will just be a now and again sort of thing. So, Welcome to the journey, if you want to make it. And if you don't, that's just fine. Cheap Astronomy will be back, quite possibly next week, or thereabouts. But if you are still listening, this really is a case of beginning at the beginning. I really have just enrolled. The paperwork came through last week. I'm enrolled at the Australian National University, ANU, which has been ranked as Australia's number one university for the last few years, that is, according to the Shanghai Tong ranking, now known as the ARWU, or Academic Ranking of World Universities. But this year, 2011, ANU's actually shifted down to second place after the University of Melbourne. But Brian Schmidt from ANU will be picking up his Nobel Prize in December for finding out that the universe has an accelerating expansion, so the whole story of who's the number one university may not be over yet. Anyhow, in Australia, it's actually free to do a PhD. At least if you're a citizen, you just have to pay a truckload of course fees to make yourself eligible, which might require a bachelor degree with honours, or a master's degree by research. I've actually been eligible for years, in fact decades to be honest, but never really had the impetus before. Perhaps it's all these weekly attempts at creating good science that have suddenly made it feel like unfinished business. You probably won't be surprised to hear that I'm not an astronomer, although needless to say I am a science geek, and do have the relevant qualifications for that at least. My day job is actually in education, which I'm hoping might have been your next guess, so I'm figuring it makes sense to do a PhD on science education. So, you've probably heard people talking about how students are losing interest in science, at least in developed native English-speaking countries like the US, and the UK, and Australia. On the basis of such concerns, back in 2006, 
The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, saw that this might be a problem and so asked all of its member countries, one of which was Australia, to do some analysis and then report back. So we did do an analysis and we found a bit of what everyone else was finding, which was that although student numbers in science were growing, this was largely a result of population growth and the proportion of students studying science was actually declining at least a tiny bit. Certainly for the 21st century so far, the most popular areas of university study are not in the traditional areas of the arts and the sciences, but are instead in, well, money stuff. Business management, economics and accounting. Not that there's anything wrong with that. This perhaps results from an understandable pragmatism, since just having a university degree, say in the classics, really doesn't count for so much these days. And people now look to study in areas more closely linked to jobs, and the universities have responded accordingly by creating more courses in those areas. So, these days, poor old arts faculties keep shrinking, and economics faculties keep growing, but what about the sciences? And here I am talking about what is sometimes called STEM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics. When Australia did do its own analysis on this issue, we found just a tiny change. The proportion of commencing students in STEM disciplines had dropped over six years up to 2006 from 40% to 39%. But although the data certainly weren't as grim as people had suspected, any decline in STEM graduates should be a little concerning in a long-term sense, since less graduates means less teachers for the next generation. And also you should be thinking about a whole bunch of emerging issues that might require us to have a much more science-driven economy in the future. Or like, I don't know, alternate energy sources. They do say we have finally reached peak oil, so it is all downhill from here with a solely fossil fuel-based economy. Food and water security. More people, less space. We need to get smarter about agriculture and water management. Climate change and global warming. It's unlikely we are going to diminish our carbon outputs in the near future, so we need to better understand the impact of those and how we can ameliorate that impact. Access to space. A 21st century country with no space launching capacity is likely to suffer the same economic handicap that a landlocked country did in the 19th and 20th centuries. Big Science Projects There is an increasing trend towards multi-million dollar or even billion dollar research projects like the Large Hadron Collider. And Australia is at least a candidate for hosting the Square Kilometre Array, 
and we'll find out who does get it in February 2012. If it is Australia, we will need a whole new generation of astronomers, engineers and IT people to make all that happen. So that's the general context of my research. Is it the case that interest in science education is really declining? And if we all agree that that is going to have a negative impact on our economy, not to mention the future of humanity, well, what do you do about that? But of course I have to trim all this big thinking down to something that's manageable as a subject of research. This is where you start framing your PhD hypothesis, which will eventually become the title of your 100,000 word thesis. So here's where my thinking is at the moment. A huge influence on education today, particularly university level education, is internationalization. Australia is currently the third largest provider of education to international students, and lots of us go and study overseas, which is helpful when we don't have facilities like a Large Hadron Collider in Australia. So at least my working hypothesis is that despite any global trends, Australia is actually holding its own in science, that is STEM, particularly because of this internationalisation. And going forward, we can build upon these internationalisation networks so that should we need to suddenly ramp up our STEM capacity in response to emerging economic needs or in an ideal world when everyone finally realises that science kicks ass. Anyhow, that's the plan. What I do from here is a truckload of statistics analyses to demonstrate all those trends are really there, and I do a truckload of literature reviewing, and I'll keep you informed. Stay tuned for part two in a couple of months, maybe. Steve Nellick, PhD candidate.